Welcome to the Reframing Ed Podcast, the show for teachers dedicated to living and teaching in abundance. I'm your host, LaQuasha Jeffries, and my mission is to inform, inspire, and empower you to create calm classrooms and lead joy-filled lives. As a special educator and joy-filled teacher, I teach you how to show up in a way that supports your students and honors your true life purpose. So if you're ready to live and teach in abundance, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Reframing Ed podcast. I'm your host, LaQuasha Jeffries. I am so happy to be here with you for episode 12, episode 12 of the Reframing Ed podcast. And to me, that is a season. And so this is this episode that wraps up season one of our inaugural podcast. I am super blessed and honored for all the listens and the downloads. Last time I checked, there were like 398 listens. And um, if just a few of those teachers, those educators or stakeholders or family members begin to interact with children in a different way, in a more positive way, in a more enlightened way, um, in a way that honors children as fully um, full human beings, then definitely um, made our mark and established and accomplished our mission for season one. Um, and so we want to go ahead and dive right in. On Miss Jeffrey's desk, Oh, no, no, I'm getting all mixed up. Not even Miss Jeffrey's desk yet. We have announcements first. So um, number one announcement was, is that I will be in Atlanta this summer for the Teacher Self-Care Conference, the national conference um, put on by the Educators Room in collaboration with some other education groups. It will be in Atlanta at the Loudermilk Center um, in June. And I am very, very excited to be going there. My session will be using meditation and mantras um, for your um, mental health. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to share. I'm excited to share my journey and what it's looked like for me as someone who does um, battle with anxiety quite frequently and um, deal with depression, how I've used meditation and mantras to really um, support me and my life and support my mental health and my teacher uh, self-care practices. So if you really want to dive into teaching and taking care, definitely check out this conference, the Teacher Self-Care Conference. I want to say it's .org. Um, and go ahead and register and plan to come out. They have conferences in Florida and Chicago. I'm going to be at the national one. I'm the one that's in Atlanta. And I would love to see you there. If anything else comes up, um, then you may be able to catch that news on my website, uh, LaQuashaJeffries.com, L-A-Q-U-E-S-H-I-A.com, uh, under events, on my Facebook page, which is Miss um, Jeffries' desk, or on uh, Twitter. You know, I post events anywhere. So just check in with me on social media. I'm LaQuasha underscore Jeffries on Instagram, and that'll keep you abreast of what's going on um, in my land, in my world. Um, even as the season ends and the show goes on a hiatus. There are really some other projects and things I want to delve into. I'm super excited to have start to build um, an audience and a following. And I want to keep um, 
providing great content. And I think video is a great way to do that. I um so the podcast definitely um I can't say that it's over forever. I don't think that it is, but it is going on a vacation as I get my YouTube channel up and running. And there may be um you may at some point do a collaboration between the two. We'll see. But of course I'll keep you posted if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook or check out my website or join my mailing list so you get the newsletter. All those ways to stay in contact. So now, what we are grateful for. So what I'm grateful for are the helpers. If you heard about Mr. Rogers' um, documentary, um, The Great, Great Man, um, turned out he was uh, raised in the Quaker faith and really believed in nonviolence. And he saw um, a disturbing image on television and he was talking to his mom about it. And the story goes that his mom told him to always look for the helpers. Always look for the people who are making things better, who are healing wounds, who are serving others whenever disaster strikes or there's been a tragedy or act of terror or some type of fear-based incident that's occurred in the country or around us. And so that was the case with Mr. Rogers. And um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the helpers in my life. My family has been um, going through some things with one of my sons, and it's required helpers um, so that we can best support him and even support ourselves as we support him um, through this uh, time in his life. He's having a, just a difficult time, and the amount of not only just like nurses and doctors and um, therapists and like just random people who are like, you know, are you okay? How can I help you? What, you know, is there something that you need um, from a very sincere and authentic place? And to those people, I say, God bless you. Um, the work really means a lot. And so um, moving on, what's on Miss Jeffrey's desk? You know, you know, you know me by now, there's a lot on my desk. So delving into The Big Leap again by Gay Hendricks. I love that book. Um, an accountability partner, shout out to Denise, actually sent me a hard copy because I listen to things on Audible as I want to do. And she sent me a hard copy of it. And I have just been having a grand old time marking it up and doing notes. I've also started reading A Course in Miracles, um, which is a fantastic book. And so I'm very excited and interested to get those truths and, and delve into that and learn more about that. Over the Thanksgiving break, I read too many books um, to count, really. It was really a time of self-care for me, um, just with everything that has been going on. You know, with my son, we've been in kind of a state of emergency, just making sure he's okay. And it just really took the wind out of my cells. The month of October was extremely rough. The beginning of November was very, very rough. And so this week that we had um, for Thanksgiving break, the days that we had off were just not having to get out of bed, getting up slowly, being able to get up with the house still quiet, have coffee in the dark, gentle with myself, just silent and healing and reading books. And so one of the things I read was A Complaint-Free World by Will Bowen, um, a great book. I also read The Flip Side by Flip Flippin, another fantastic self-development book. And I started um, again on The Children of Blood and bone 
which that book is coming out. The second book is coming out in March, and I'm stoked for that. So this episode, we're going to go ahead and, and get it moving on, is, as you saw, um, SEL, which is Social Emotional Learning and Mindfulness for the Practical Educator. And this is also a webinar that I offer to um, school teams and um, classrooms and district training, either as an in-person or as a webinar. And so I'm going to just give you a synopsis here so you see, you know, what that is all about and what we're doing. So we're going to start off with explaining what social emotional learning is. If you're a long time listener of the podcast, you kind of already know it's really the process through which children and adults acquire and apply their knowledge or their attitude or their skills, whatever is necessary to understand and manage their emotional, their emotions um, for them to be able to set positive goals for them to be able to show empathy to others for them to have great relationships for them to um, take responsible actions and take responsibility for their actions all of that is social emotional learning it's how we learn about who we are and how we apply who we are who we want to be and ways to behave um, healthily if that's a word towards ourselves our peers our colleagues our parents our family our friends in the world um, Many um, people may think it's a common belief that social-emotional learning, especially now in school, is for children and is for adults to teach children how to behave and act. Now, while there's many social-emotional curricula and charges and missions and themes and all that stuff for children, it's actually for adults as well because adults were once children. And so if they have not picked up how to behave in a healthy way, how to process their emotions and their feelings, there's still um, room for growth in social emotional, um, in that sphere. I feel like I've grown um, tremendously social emotionally, just like you know, taking the brief for change, training, um, reading books, doing research, taking classes, even sharing information. I feel like every time I put together a webinar or a presentation for people, I develop more as a workshop leader. I develop more as a teacher, as a parent. Even um, when I go to therapy, that is social emotional learning. Um, when we, um, those of uh, people who are of faith, when they, you go to your church group, when you go to your Bible studies, when you check in with people, that is social emotional learning. It's just the process that you acquiring a set of skills, positive skills to help you manage yourself and your emotions and your mental health. Social emotional learning impacts everything. It impacts, obviously, our mental health. And that's why it's so important to understand that social emotional learning doesn't just stop at graduation, you know, at the 12th grade. It's not just for children or young adults. It's also for adults. It impacts our academic achievement. It impacts how we are on the um, sports fields, you know, how we are as teammates. It impacts our conduct, both in school settings and at home, you know, in the job setting. We've all had coworkers who we felt had no social skills, who were not able to pick up on clues, who were not able to relate to people in a way that built people up or um, was conducive to positive relationships. Some of us have been in relationships with people who have um, very low social um skills or even emotional IQ, you know, people who are extremely jealous. That's an area that requires some social emotional growth. You know, um, people who 
um, are quick to anger or are unable to manage their anger um, or dispel it. People who are extraordinarily sad, you know, there are ways to learn how to manage sadness, how to manage anxiety, um, whether that, you know, some of that is skill-based, some of that is um, physical movement, some of that is, could be um, medicinal, but there are different ways to manage our emotions and learning that process all is SEL. All of that is SEL. So when you have, think of SEL, think of a huge umbrella, kind of like the umbrellas or the parachute that would be at school and they would put that yarn in the middle like it was a piece of bacon and you go and you want to get the bacon. Social emotional learning is that huge multicolored rainbow parachute that encompasses everything um, and every part and every faucet of your life. Okay, so if it's out of whack for you as an adult, you can only imagine the impact that has. Now, if it's out of whack for a child, it's going to show up as grades, you know, being out of sorts. It may show up as anxiety being out of control. It may show up as um, children be extremely sad or melancholy, being extremely anger, angry or impulsive or, um, you know, quick to tears. All of these are key indicators that something is going on with a child's um, emotions. Okay, so what I want to do that it makes it practical is give you some activities, some things that you can do that can build up um, the social emotional awareness and give tools to your students. Now, if as a intuitive and a thoughtful and a mindful educator, the expectation is that you're picking up things too that you can put into your back pocket, things that you're going to learn so that you can meet um, your learners by modeling, by being a great example. So. One of the tools is visualization. And everything that I'm telling to you today is Googleable. Okay, I'm giving you the information in one setting, in one city, but Google, your good friend Google has this information. Um, You may be able to find some things on YouTube. I've looked um, and I don't really, um, I don't see a whole lot, but if you do some digging, you may find something. But really, there's tons of articles like on Edutopia or ASCD, or um, uh, Scholastic has some things. Just put in the things that you want and see what comes up, especially if you put in SEL plus mindless, SEL plus visualization, SEL plus activities, SEL plus elementary ed, or high school, or middle grades. Something will come up. There's tons of articles right now on it. I just want to make it bite-sized for you. So visualization is basically the process of you seeing something okay so if you're thinking like your students maybe they have test anxiety or maybe um let's stick with that right because if you're third grade and up they're going to have state test so one great practice to do now when it's low stakes right it's before the holidays um to be able to rein your classroom in is for them to visualize their performance Okay, so it may be there's a test on Friday. So on Monday, you say, hey, we're going to do this visualization exercise. And you're going to see yourself winning at this test, dabbing on this test, excelling on this um, exam. And so we're going to go through what that looks like. You can either lower your gaze or you can close your eyes. Um, And then to start the visualization exercise, you choose the topics. You're having an examination on Friday. You're having a test on Friday, an assessment. And you would walk the students through seeing themselves successfully 
that assessment. So they are relaxed in their seat, their feet are on the ground, their shoulders are relaxed. And you can say, I want you to visualize working through your problem. You're calm, you're well prepared, know you understand what's expected of you. You understand the questions that are going to be asked. You pick up your pencil and you begin to slowly read the questions. As you read the questions, you feel your body relax because you understand how to solve this problem. As you work through the problem, write neatly and smoothly so that it's easy to understand your answers. You're able to double check your work because you're not rushed for time. You're calm and confident. So that's an example of visualization. Okay, and there are um, other examples. Um, if you look online of uh, visualization, or you can just look up what is visualization and they'll explain it to you. Um, great social emotional practice because children get to practice thinking um, about the test and seeing it ahead of time and it removes some of the unknown. You know, if you know there's 20 questions, you can talk about the 20 questions and about how much time it will take. This takes time. Social emotional learning takes time. The thing is, is that you get your time back on the back end. You all gain that time because that is less redirection time. That's less correction time. That's less fussing time. It is time that you get to use an instruction time that you get to use coming together as a classroom community, as creating a positive and inclusive culture, a culture that does not exclude students. Okay. So the next thing is deep listening. And my kindergartners love this. They are surprisingly, and I don't even know if I should use the word surprisingly, they are really good at the deep listening exercise. This is a great way to calm bodies and also help students to tune into the sights and sounds around them to remove focus from themselves and what's going on with them from like a self-centered focus to like an us or community-centered focus. So for kindergarten, they'll sit on the carpet and I always give them an option, crisscross applesauce, sitting up on your heels, um, having your legs straight but together to the side in a way that's comfortable. That's the most important part. And then they feel their easy seat, their bottom, relax, to the floor, their shoulders are relaxed, they're good, good deep breath, and again, they can close their eyes or they can just soften their gaze like a butterfly onto their knees, right? After they do that, then you are going to softly and calmly observe the sounds around you. So do we hear the breathing of a classmate or a peer? Do we hear the sound of heels walking down the hallway? Do we hear another teacher speaking in the room adjacent to us? Do we hear the wheels of the trash can coming down? The AC or the heat system kicking on in the background? Um, because I lead the social-emotional exercises um, for uh, my grade levels, they may hear the teacher quietly preparing for them, right? Shuffling papers or moving things around or clearing off the board at the back of the room. And so afterwards, the kids get an opportunity to say what they observed and what they heard. And they love to do this. Again, it calms them down it, and it helps build up that observational skill. 
Okay. So another one, and this one is great for, these two are great for stress relief. Um, one is name it, claim it, and the other one is into the circle. So um, this is, you're giving the kids a chance to identify and then name how they're feeling. So it's cacophonous, so you got to be ready for that. So you say, all right, guys, we're going to name and claim it. How did you feel when you walked into the room today? Or how did you feel now that we took the test? Or how do you feel about the fact that we're going to read Maniac McGee? Three seconds, go, you know. And actually, I said three seconds. I would have given them at least six to ten seconds, you know, to, to get it out. And they say, I think Maniac McGee is crazy. Or I love that book. It's so awesome. Or I'm just tired. I want to go home. Or I'm still hungry. And it's loud. And they're just calling it out, getting it out. Then um, they turn to whomever they're nearest and be like, thanks for listening. You know, thanks for listening um, and do that. Or they can give themselves a pat on the back, something to affirm that they got to say how they felt. Their partner heard because they were in earshot. Everyone got it out and then they can settle, you know, back down or settle into it. But it's a great stress release just to say what it is you're feeling and get it out there. Another thing is into the circle. And this one is kind of a written one. Um, we've done this in at the teaching and taking care brunch, but it also works for young learners, middle grade learners, and high schoolers, where the students can write um, anywhere between one and three minutes. Like it really doesn't take that long. They write what they are feeling or what they're worried about or what's going on with them, and it's something that it's holding them back or in the front of their mind. Write something that they're actually thinking about. So if you have kids that are really squirrely or really worried or you have children and you know they're worried about their papa, you know, um, being detained or they're worried about um, safety or they're concerned about food or they're concerned about friend relationships, their test, whatever the thing is, you're going to have them put it, say, put your thing on the circle, right? They're going to put their thing on the paper. I'm sorry whether it's a post-it or sheet of printer paper, some scrap paper, they fold it up or they can crunch it up and they throw it into the circle, okay? At the table, at the brunch, we just placed it there. Um, and then we just said, you know, some affirmations afterwards. And one thing that you can say with them, they can say, they can repeat after you or you can just say it and affirm it and ask them to affirm it with you is that for right now, we are putting these things down into the circle. We are not picking them up they're going to stay there and we're going to get to the business of learning or we're going to get to the business of you know reading or circle time whatever it is that you need to get done put that stuff into the circle and then move on this is also a great um, team building exercise or something to do before staff meetings Um, I always tell them especially when I present and I have the teachers that I'm presenting to do this I don't pick up their stuff. <laughs> I don't pick it up. So we can get a little hand broom and sweep it up or kind of like, you know, shuffle it like, you know, the Sandman at the Apollo. But I don't want to pick up anybody's stress. So we just kind of can be there. We can just stay there, you know, while we finish what we're doing. And then after that, we can worry about picking it up. All right. So introspection, all right, is another great skill to learn um, looking um, and reflecting on things, it's thinking about how things apply to us. One great way to do that is the quote of the day and just finding a quote. There's, you know, Maya Angelou quotes, Dr. Angelou quotes all over the internet. Um, Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, um, Justice Keegan. Um, there's 
tons of there's a plethora of quotes that we can find and that be inspirational or uplifting affirmations and we can just sit with it for a minute and think about it you can also turn this to a turn and talk if you'd like but it could just be to observe it and to reflect how that applies to you it also work as a great journal prompt um, for some of the older kids um, do not put it past younger kids to be able to ascertain these things you will be surprised okay you'll be su- be surprised so throw a bone to your kinder learners you know you got some gifted kids in there or you just have some kids who are spoken to quite frequently and they can get this information or kids that if you did this activity for two to three minutes it build up their language skills and their vocabulary and it it get them ready to start thinking all right and then the next one i call it the goat greatest of all time this is just really finding a video something inspirational we see them on facebook all the time um of a kid overcoming something or something that usually is like a bit of a tearjerker but usually the video is for one to two minutes and then the kid your classroom can turn and talk about what that brought up for them what it makes them think about um it's a great thing and it can also tie into social um studies okay so this is a great transition activity um as well next is a um this is for group sharing so this is interpersonal skills it's a strategy circle so it's basically turning to your partner and talking about what you guys are going to do to be successful in the next thing that you have to do whether it's in your class that day or you know for an assessment or um, assignment that you have but it is a strategy circle and the more that you use this vocabulary and model what it means and do it the quicker your kids will be able to do it by no means should all these things be integrated in the same way like let your learners master one like comfortable with one a favorite one and then move on um and add more and add more and add more to your toolbox okay next is a times three or a three and um basically this is an aha an apology and an um aha apology and or an affirmation so like something you picked up like ah aha i learned that or apology like i'm sorry sarah because i snapped at you when we were in circle and i didn't share or i apologize because i didn't do my best um and this is a all the classroom is together or the kids are in small groups or you're in a small group and you all get a chance again modeling is super important so as a teacher if you're doing this with your whole group at the end of the day you could say my aha today was i learned a different way to teach you all about um, the shorty or about um, multiplying threes. Thank you so much, Sam, um, Simon, for sharing that with me. My apology was that I felt like um, I knew you guys a little too fast and I want you to be able to fully grasp it. So I apologize and I will work to give you enough time to process the information tomorrow. And uh, affirmation may be, um, we are a dedicated group of learners, and I know that we will get the standard if we keep working at it. Okay, so as you keep modeling it, the kids are going to keep learning that skill. Okay, and so that is the practical application of SEL. Not bad, right? So, um, the big thing I want you to remember is many, most, all of these things also apply to you as the educator like it's not just for the kiddos it is also for you 
So really take it and grab it and make it your own. We know that teacher burnout is about 15% nationwide, which means about half a million teachers annually, according to Psychology Today, leave the profession and they say burnout is why they're leaving. Okay, and some of the ways that we can deal with that, some of the ways that we can build our own selves up are to exercise. So whether it's taking a walk around the hallways after school, whether it's actually taking our days and going to the doctor, getting our surgeries, taking our meds, whether it's going to therapy, whether it's going to sleep, putting the things down and going to bed, um, that all puts us in a space where we can attend to social emotional learning. Because if you are burnt, the freak out, there's you're, like you're impaired. You're impaired. Um, we can attend to our spiritual selves, our spiritual practice, whatever that is. Um, we can attend to mindfulness. We can attend to nature. We can spend time in nature, but whatever is going to build us up um, spiritually, whatever is going to feed us, that is what we need to do at least weekly. At least weekly, whether it's listen to a a podcast about energy healing, whether it's listening, you know, to an online church sermon, whether it's reading, like if you're a, a Christian or a, a believer or some faith, reading your sacred text, whatever that thing is that's going to build, um, build you up and affirm your spirit, then that needs to happen on a regular basis. Lastly is emotional. Um, like I said, the therapy, the edifying input, um, creating and being a part of supportive communities. It's easy to feel like and behave like you're an island as a teacher, but that does not serve us very well. And so we need to make sure that we are attending to our physical, our spiritual, and our emotional selves if we are going to be able to teach and live and breathe um, social, emotional learning practices for our learners. So I hope this episode, our season finale, um, I tried to make sure it was jam-packed with information and resources for you. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for subscribing. Subscribe now. That way, when you get an update, when season two is ready to go and I've got my videos together, you'll get that update. It'll come right into your podcast feed and you'll be ready to go. In the meantime, in between time, if you want to stay connected, give me a shout out, give me a holler, reach out to me at support, S-U-P-O-R-T, at LaQuasiaJeffries.com, L-A-Q-U-S-H-I-A-J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S.com um, to stay in contact. You can also hit me up on all the socials, Miss Jeffries Desk, on Facebook and on Twitter, LaQuasia underscore Jeffries on Instagram. Um, Y'all, I really pray that you continue to teach and take care, that you work to frame education in your sphere of influence, and that um, most importantly, that you be well. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Reframing Ed podcast. Here are two things you can do now to help the show. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only does it give me valuable feedback, but it also allows other teachers to find the show. Number two, join the Becoming a Joyful Teacher tribe on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Becoming a Joyful Teacher. 
Until next time, remember in the words of Dr. Maya Angelou, when you get, give, and when you learn, teach. <laughs>